After the story broke that the Warriors were looking to acquire LeBron James at the trade deadline, the King won't be playing versus Golden State in the Bay tonight. LeBron dealing with an ankle, but age ain't nothing but a number. At least that's what I tell myself. Uh, neither Steph or LeBron have slowed down much this year. Curry's averaging 28 points per game, which ranks seventh in the association. For LeBron, his scoring average is down, but is shooting his best percentage from three since his 2012 2013 MVP season. Okay, let's go. So, Lex, here's the question for you. Who would you rather have this season? You love these questions. It's a bizarre question. What do you want from me? It's this a is first question. take. I understand. Welcome to the program, and people at home want to know, all right? Well, okay. Then this sounds very much like it's just going to be a personal preference question. Well, I want to know who would you rather have, LeBron or Steph, this season? Money on the line. Right. You're the owner. You're right. trying to win a ring. Big ego. You're trying to get it done. Who are you going with? I'll go with Steph Curry then. I'll take Steph. Okay. Uh, and, and the reason is that I think Steph Curry is closer to his, his peak of what he has been in this league. I think he's only averaged more points than this three times in his career in a given season. He's 35 years old. And when I watch him play, I just don't really see at any point, like discernible decline in Steph Curry. And it's the reason, and really the only reason, <laughs> that we continue to give any life to the Warriors. I know a lot of people have, have, have stopped doing that. and You've kind of pulled the sheet over this and said, that ah, it's not going to happen. Like, not with this group. They're going to have to completely remake this team around Steph if they want to have another chance at a title down the road. Some people feel that way. I guess I'm still in the mix of when I watch him play and I see the way that he affects the game with his shooting and his motion and how easy that makes the game for everybody else. It, to me, he's closer to what he has been at his best in this league than LeBron is. And that's how I would answer the question. I don't think either of them are on a team that's currently constructed that's going to make a deep run. So I think they're both going to be done early. Lakers probably have a better shot at winning a round than the Warriors do. Um, but I don't know. When I watch Steph, Wendy, I, I just see a guy that looks an awful lot like the same exact guy that I've been watching that's been an MVP in this league and, and at his best. That's what I'm watching every night with Steph Curry. So that's my answer. Yeah, I'm going to be on the opposite side of you a couple of ways here. I, I actually think the Warriors might have a better chance this season than the Lakers. I, I think the Lakers have shown that they can hit a level that the Warriors haven't yet. And if you want to make that argument, I guess I would agree with you. But the Warriors' first half of the season was so fraught with so much issues and drama around Draymond Green, around Klay Thompson. They have kind of been able to get things on the straight and narrow a little bit. They've found a lineup, and I think they sort of have more room to grow. When you look at the Lakers, they've had a healthy LeBron and AD and are still just a little bit over 500. But if you're asking me this question, I'm probably leaning towards LeBron. And, you know, normally you wouldn't say that. You wouldn't take a 39-year-old over a 35-year-old. But in the case of this season, Molly, you're looking at making upsets. If you're going to have any hope to do anything this season, you're looking at a string of upsets. And frankly, LeBron's history of winning upset series in the playoffs is just way longer than Steph's. He's, I think, won about 10 playoff series where he's not had home court advantage or been the lower seed, including, I might remind you, 2016. Now, 2016 doesn't have anything to do with 2024, but even just last year, we saw LeBron-led Lakers pull a couple of upsets in the playoffs. We also saw the Warriors pull an upset in the playoffs, but I think I'd lean towards LeBron just because he kind of has the ability and has shown the ability 
to come back from being down in series and to upset teams as the lower seed repeatedly throughout his career. I think, Wendy, for me, you know, with LeBron, and you're right, I mean, what they did a year ago, they basically had an irrelevant regular season and then make a run to the conference finals because they got the right matchup in the second round. Warriors were not big enough. The Lakers were too physical for them. They were able to do things defensively against Clay that really took him out of the series. And they advance, and now they're in the conference finals where they get swept by a much better team. Well, I look at it this year, and I think the, LeBron's ability to control the pace is going to be, I think, diminished against the teams he's going to have to play against to make any sort of run again. Um, and, and so I, I just don't know that the impact is going to be there. He's going to be great. It's, it's LeBron James. He's always going to be great. But I think controlling the pace and getting to the number you have to is harder than ever, particularly in the Western Conference. With the firepower that these teams have, when you're looking at a lot of nights, even in the playoffs, where you're going to have to get to maybe 115, 120 points, just to have a shot to be in the game, I think that's going to be difficult for LeBron physically to control the game to that extent. And that's why I think when, when I look at the two players and I say, you know, which guy has maybe declined enough that makes it very difficult for his team, it's probably more LeBron James for me for the style of play that he brings. Yeah, we're, 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 we're contorting ourselves because I agree. I think the Warriors have higher upside. But if I was picking a guy that I needed – it would still be LeBron. Yeah. Uh, before we roll here, real quick, Tim, if I could give you any player in the West biggest impact, who would you go with? Oh, my goodness, probably Luka. Yeah. Uh, and, I, look, I, I think Dallas is scary. I, we haven't talked much about them, not enough about them. They're getting it together. Kyrie looks energized. If he can stay that way, I know that's a big if because he has moments where he kind of checks out a little bit. If he stays the way he is right now with yeah. their additions, the depth that they have now, Luka Doncic to me, I mean, he, he controls the action unlike any other player in the league. I'm glad I asked that because no one's talked about Dallas. You're right. Where are you on that, Wendy? Calling an audible here. Well, I'm taking Jokic because the guy is the complete quarterback on offense, and he showed last year he can increase his defensive level. And ultimately, when the Nuggets are clicking, they're almost impossible to stop. There, there are, you know, I think the Timberwolves have a, a fighting shot on their mm -hmm. size, and the Nuggets have sort of shown a little bit of a haze right now in a championship hangover, but I still think their top gear is hard to touch. But the player I will just point out, and the player who I think is a better bet if you're looking for a long-shot MVP other than Tatum, is Shea Gildas-Alexander. Mm -hmm. He's not getting the attention he, he needs to get. The Thunder are being disregarded because of their youth. Disregard Shea Gildas-Alexander at your own peril. No, that's a great one, and I'm glad you oh, yeah. brought up Minnesota, obviously number one in the West right now, and Stephen A. will actually be there doing first take from Minnesota tomorrow, doing all access, sitting down with some of those guys, so that'll be fun to watch. Hey, I'm Molly Karam, and thanks so much for listening to the First Take Podcast. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. 
One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore a seatbelt. One guy didn't. One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA. We got the Jordan rules, and we, we, I'm calling now from now on, as long as I'm here, the Patrick Mahomes rules. So you remember when Jordan was going through it with the Pistons, all those guys in the 80s before he came, Michael Jordan, Air Jordan, the Pistons used to whoop his Anytime he came to the hole, elbows, filling them, love taps. We touched them. We in the head, mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually. I'm touching you. So I show those guys Jordan getting his whooped. <laughs> that was Antonio Pierce on Max Crosby's podcast, The Rush. Kmart, what do you make of the way uh, he's prepping his boys to take on Mahomes? Molly, I love it. I could listen to Antonio Pierce talk all the time. Antonio's good people. He's I used great. To work with him. Now, you may not know this about me because of how I look now, but I was a goon. I'm a reformed goon, eighth grade girls basketball. I was Charles Oakley on my eighth grade girls basketball team because of that same energy. Like, that's what you want. Like, that's what you want from Antonio Pierce. You're trying to rebuild a culture, which he started last year. He's a Raider through and through. And he's a natural born hater. It's like spiritually, we're going to touch him. Like, that is a bar. That is yeah. great. And that's what you need in this division where Patrick has run away. Like, this is the guy you need to stop. And if you're the Raiders in that division, I don't know if it'll work, but that's the attitude you need to have. Yeah. So what happened in the basketball career? You just stopped growing? Oh, hey, Molly. <laughs> Listen. Mike T. Whoa. Mike T. with the laughter real quick. I'm just wow. wondering what happened. Um, yeah, I have to what? TV star? on Staley, but I'm only 5'4 and a half. So, the, yeah, I was just, I, yeah, I just used my body to knock people down. Oh, I'm, five oh, two. Brandy, I'm not 5'2". Brandy, our director, thanks. 5'2". Our director. Brandy, how tall eight. do you think I am? Gosh. Two, five, seven, get out of here. <laughs> all right. Hey, Mike T, you get in on this. Ma Ma wait. Yeah, Ma Molly, first of all, in the scouting community, we would call it height deficient. We never say someone's short. It's height oh, deficient. Oh, yeah. But, that makes you feel know, a lot better. Um, in all seriousness, the microcosm of Antonio Pierce was Jack Jones. He was a guy that just didn't work out in New England. The Raiders claimed him. He had coached him all the way back to high school, college. And you talk about somebody that has moxie on defense, like that's who they are, like Max Crosby, Jack Jones, and they were fun to watch. And I don't know if it's going to be the Mahomes rules, but he earned the full-time job as a head coach. And they may not win a ton of games, but boy, they're, they're going to be a team that nobody wants to play. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's keep it rolling because I hear you got a little hot take uh, out there in Mile High. Mike T, wait for it. Cliffhanger. So Russell Wilson's future with the Broncos still uncertain. Wilson has finished the season with 3,000 yards, 26 touchdowns, 8 interceptions in 15 games, but was benched with two games left. The Broncos will have a decision to make on Russ when the league year begins. Here's Mike T. yesterday on Get Up with a new destination in mind for the 12-year vet. I think he would actually be a great fit with the New York Jets, and here's why. Oh, my gosh. Why do you want to Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson? Absolutely. Pay him a million dollars and let him resurrect his career. 
I actually have experience with this. Vinny Testaverde got cut by the Baltimore Ravens. We signed him in June and went to the championship game that year. So if you're if you're Russell Wilson and you don't get Nola uh, early, Mike. Hey Bart, if you but if where, where else is he going to go? He has to resurrect his career. So if you have to sit for a year, why not sit behind one of the greatest of all times and then be a free agent again? Mm, that was Monday. I like the outfit. You did the little blue underneath, really popped the jacket. Uh, Kmart, do you like the – just wait. Before, if you like the idea, you think Sierra's husband is going to go back up Aaron Rodgers? Like, how is that going to work for egos? This is what I'm saying. Mike T, I got one – you know I love you. You're my guy. But stay off the weed. Like, that's honestly – that's what I thought <laughs> when I heard that because – I get it. Your mind, you're like a mad scientist, GM type guy. You're looking at, I got to plug holes. Obviously, the Jets were deficient at backup quarterback. They didn't address that position, even though their season was theoretically done four plays into the season. But just because they need a backup, it's not just plug Russell Wilson because he's a competitor. You have to think about the psychology of a locker room, too, and also the psychology of these two quarterbacks, two guys who – feel that they have a lot left to give the game, but also feel like they haven't gotten the respect that they deserve from the organizations that had them. Rodgers and Green Bay, obviously, uh, Russell and Denver. It makes absolutely no sense, Molly. And I'm actually somewhat surprised. Mike T, you've, you've, you've had, some, you've had some, some bangers with your, with your hot takes, but this was the wildest of them all. Follow the data, follow the logic here, guys. In all seriousness, look at the situation in the NFL. Russell Wilson's going to make $39 million not to play for Denver. Yes. And there's really three teams today that need a starting quarterback. Pittsburgh, Atlanta, right? And certainly we'll see what happens in Denver. But he's obviously not going back there. So to me, if I'm Russell Wilson and I have to take a one-year deal to resurrect my career and I have all these other off-field lofty expectations between my wife and I. New York is a great place to sit for a year, but in a really, really good team that should have a chance to hopefully for them make some noise this year. If you're the Jets guys, you have to do three things. Number one, you have to be massively better at backup quarterback. As you just alluded to, Kmart, Zach Wilson wasn't good last year. 66 different quarterbacks started. Cleveland won 11 games with four different quarterbacks. The Jets, it ruined their season. Secondly, the Jets will draft an offensive tackle in the top 10 that we all know Becton didn't work out. And then thirdly, they got to find a speed receiver. So to me, Molly, you have to do these three things. So you need a veteran quarterback that's productive, who's cheap, and that's what Russell Wilson is. I know it's weird and unusual to have those two guys together, but for one year, this is a marriage of convenience that actually works for both sides. Arranged marriages, Michael, can work. They can be successful, but not it's these personalities. No, I, it makes sense for it's almost like if you look at it individually for Russell and Sierra, Molly, you brought up Sierra. Yeah, I New York makes perfect sense. New Jersey makes perfect sense. However, when you also marry that with what they did last year, which is all about having Aaron Rodgers comfortable, having a situation where the coaching, the coaching staff, the offense is built around him. You, you don't want that guy. You don't want Russell Wilson. Also, Russell Wilson thinks he should be a starter. 
I, I'm not. I, I, I don't. I don't understand it, especially when you have options like a Jacoby Brissett, who I love, who everybody in the NFL loves because he is. He can make plays, and he's a locker room guy. You're not trying to. The Jets do not need. I was there, Michael. Don't you think people people may not know this, but I was there when you guys when you guys traded for Tim Tebow. I got on the Jets beat 19 days after you guys made the Tebow pick. And let me tell you, that was a wild first season to cover the NFL. The, the, the circus atmosphere of yeah. that, that can't, that, it may make sense from a football standpoint, but you got to think about what that means. Like the storylines, the drama. Yes. Let, me yes. do, let me do this real quick. I see where you're going, Mike T. I'll let you defend yourself in a second, but I want to just move off that take in a second. So what do you think is the move for Russell Wilson? Because that Sean Payton, Russell Wilson, oh, yeah. we thought that could be a match made in heaven, right? He's one of the greatest coaches and thought Russell Wilson yeah. still had it. Didn't pan out. You think he's gone from Denver? And do you think he should still be a starter in the NFL? Like, is there another team that could bring Russell Wilson in to start realistically? It could happen, but honestly, Molly, Mike T, I, I could see a future where Russell Wilson isn't playing this year. Despite the most attractive thing, let's be honest, about Russell Wilson right now is that a team wouldn't have to pay him much because of his contract with the Broncos. Um, but I, I could, you could see him on like Dancing with the Stars. You know what I mean? Like you could see him doing, waiting at home until there is an injury in the NFL. Like it's, there's a possibility week, week one comes and goes and he's not on a roster. You just went dancing with the stars. I'm just saying, like, I know, honestly, I'm just saying, honestly, I'm just saying, like, I could just, see any scenario with Russell. I get it, I get it, I, I get really it, could. I get it. I just danced with the But he can still stars. play. He can still play. Yeah, or two-step. Uh, Mike T? Yeah, so a couple points that I want to make. First of all, Russell Wilson may want to be a starter Kmart in March, but I think when we're sitting here in May, he likely won't be one. So now he has right. to say, do I want to make $39 million not to play, or do I still want to be part of a team and hopefully resurrect my career? I love Jacoby Brissett, but here's what's fascinating. If we're the Jets and every dollar this year is so scarce and precious, do we want to pay Jacoby Brissett, whatever the number is, $8, 9000000 million to be a backup, or Russell Wilson, a $1 million? And since every dollar he earns is deducted from where the Broncos have to pay with offset, that's why this is so unusual. He wants to play for a million dollars. And that's why I think he's a, a very unusual opportunity. And that's why I think when you look at Colt McCoy, anybody else that may be in that discussion, uh, Jacoby Brissett amongst others, and you see that he's only a million dollars, I think that's why this is so unique. And as it relates to Aaron Rodgers, I'll say this. Last year was about comfort and making him happy. How'd that turn out? How did Alan Lazard turn out amongst many other moves? So if I'm the Jets, I'm saying, Aaron Rodgers, we love you. We want you to be a great Hall of Fame quarterback. You're not running this team. You're playing the quarterback position. We will bring the pieces in around you. I understand it would be noisy at the beginning, but when you have to get a receiver, a left tackle, amongst others, if you can get a veteran quarterback that's been productive like Russell Wilson at the minimum, there's a lot of efficiencies in doing that. Michael, this is crazy talk, and I will not stand for it. You're, you're, you just said, we're, we're going to tell Aaron Rodgers, hey, we're, we're, we're running the ship now. We're in control. You, we just need you to play quarterback. We'll figure it. That's not how this goes. You brought Aaron Rodgers in to win a Super Bowl. Last year didn't work, but honestly, the reason it didn't work was because the GM didn't go out and, and solidify that quarterback position. Their season was, could have ended but, four plays into the year, and that was an opportunity to get another guy, and they did it. But, 
it's not about just comfort for Aaron Rodgers. I don't think that was necessarily. But Kmart. I, wait one sec, real quick. I would be right where you are, like absolutely except? last season, except he got injured and look what happened and look what happened to their season. Mm -hmm. So I feel like it takes some of that clout away. Like it can't just be all about you. You are 39 years old. You did get injured. And what do we do if that happens again? If I'm Aaron Rodgers, I'm writing Jacoby Brissett, I'm writing Sam Howell down, I'm writing a bunch of other names down on a piece of paper because it's not just noise at the start of the season. Those headlines, it's not just going to be in training camp. It, we will be, I, will, I will be dispatched to Florham Park every single day if those two quarterbacks are in the same building. Like, it will be all season long. But I think there's something more fundamental here. I totally agree with what the Jets did last year. We're going to recruit Aaron Rodgers. We're going to give him a blank slate, a credit card. You're the GM. Let's bring him in. But as Coach Parcells would say, if he was on the show today, we go by what we see. So, Aaron, you got hurt, fair or unfair. But you recommended Billy Turner, Randall Cobb, Alan Lazard, and Nathaniel Hackett. How those moves work out. So, we want you to play quarterback position, the quarterback position. But if we go by what we see... That, that's what you're going to do. That's your role. We're going to run the team. You're going to play the quarterback position. And we don't know who your backup quarterback is going to be. But if we took J.J. McCarthy in the first round, your left tackle isn't going to be very good. So if we take a left tackle in the first round, we're going to have to be creative for a year in terms of who your backup is. And it very well could be someone like Russell Wilson on May 1st or June 1st. And we'll take care of that. You worry about playing the position. Mike just loves chaos. He, he, just, he just loves it. He wants to see the world burn. No, I won't stand for it. Just trying to have his uh, franchise ready to go. Hey, Molly Karam here, and thanks so much for listening to the First Take Podcast. When you're on a business trip, you know what goes completely off the rails? Your workout routine. Especially when you book a hotel that doesn't have a gym. So what ends up happening is you do a few push-ups, sit-ups in your room, run around the block, or you just skip it entirely. Lame. If you just stay at La Quinta by Wyndham, you'll discover there's a fully equipped fitness center at every location. Now you can wake up, power your buys, your tries the right way, or de-stress with a little cardio. The choice is yours. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. I 
am Tiffany Dawn Sykes, Vice President and Director of Athletics at Florida Agricultural and Mechanical University. I have the distinguished honor as serving as the first female athletic director in FAMU history and recently celebrated being the first woman athletic director to win a celebration bowl. I really enjoy coming to FAMU every day and advancing the mission of Florida A&M and also supporting the vision of the Department of Athletics. I enjoy creating opportunities and access to higher education through sport, and that is why I enjoy being a part of Black history every day. Had a great time when we went to Florida A&M. Kevin Hart was down there with us. Good stuff. For the second time this season, the Knicks and Sixers face off in the last meeting. Jalen Brunson led the Knicks 29 in the win tonight, however. There'll be a few key injuries. Sixers will be without Joel Embiid, Tobias Harris, while the Knicks without three key contributors. Kevin Pelton of ESPN.com put together four tiers of teams contending for the NBA title this season. He has both the Knicks and Sixers in tier three as title hopefuls, while the Lakers are in tier four as a long shot. Okay, Tim Legler, tell me this. Yes. Played in the NBA a long time, covered the NBA a long time. What do you think is better for the league if the Lakers end up going on a run or the Knicks? It's easy for me. It's the Knicks. Yeah, me too. Yeah, it's easy. And, and, here, and here's why I say that. I, I go back to just two years ago. The Lakers won 33 games. And late in the year, I was leading off shows with segments about the Lakers. <laughs> right, because they're always going to generate that kind of interest. Up year, down year. They have, I think, probably the most voluminous fan base outside their market. Of, of any team in the league, I think that goes without saying. You know, for the Knicks, it's mostly centralized to New York, I think. You add another team to the mix of a market that size, it's just better for the league. And there's, there's no place quite like the Garden when there's this kind of electricity that's going on with this team right now. You're not talking about the Knicks. If they're sub-500 the second half of the year, they're not making it into any segments. The Lakers are going to continue to still drive the narrative because there's that much interest no matter what is going on with this team, particularly with LeBron James there. You combine those two things, and the Lakers don't need any more. Like, the interest is there all the time, 24-7, 365. It's not the case for a team like the New York Knicks. And for a market that big to now infuse them into this discussion this late in the season where we're talking about potentially you know, a conference final run maybe out of the Knicks, which I think is within their possibility, for me, that's an easy one. It's the, it's the Knicks just adding another team to the mix of interesting teams, particularly in a market like this, in a city like this that loves basketball to the extent that they do in New York. Okay, I know what you say, Legs. I know what you say, Molly. Oh, you don't I really know what know. Stephen A. would say. Okay? Okay. Uh, what do you think Adam Silver would say? What okay. do you think Bob Iger, the head of Disney, would say? Next. They would say the Lakers. Because uh, as David Cern once said, the most ideal matchup for the NBA Finals would be Lakers versus Lakers. Last year when the Lakers played the Warriors in the playoffs, they played six games. Five of the games were the highest rated in the last decade in the second round. When the Lakers played the Warriors a couple of weeks ago in that double overtime game, it was the highest rated regular season game that wasn't on Christmas in five years. The world, the country, the league lives on the Lakers. That's why we're talking about them today when they're not even playing. The Lakers are the premium brand in the league and they all the league always wants them to do well. And as somebody from the Midwest, who sometimes feels like they 
try to give attention to teams like the Timberwolves and the Thunder. It can be very frustrating, but the reality is, is that the Lakers drive everything. I have been around the world doing basketball stuff. I've had the opportunity to go to China, to go to Brazil, to go to Manila. The Lakers are the jerseys that I see. Um, and so therefore, the Lakers' success will always drive the NBA's success, whether anybody likes it or wants it or wants it to change or whatever. That's just reality. Is it the Lakers or is it LeBron? And listen, I understand they've always had the big well, names and Magic and both. Kobe and et cetera. But is it, is, it more, is it more that LeBron's still there? Molly, last week I was in the L.A. PCR, L.A. studios, which is basically right next to the Kobe statue when they mm -hmm. opened it up to the public for the first time. I stood there at the window uh, safely on the fourth floor and watched the people pour onto that statue at 9 a.m. on a, it was like a Wednesday or Friday morning. Okay, it was two weeks ago, whatever it was. Uh, with all due respect to the bing bongs and whatnot, that is, the fan bases are not comparable. But let me say this. Would, is it fair to say that num number two is the Knicks, right? If we're going to go Lakers number one, number two would be the Knicks. I understand they haven't performed just in terms of I mean, like I, brand recognition. I think the Warriors are probably number two right now. I think it would be great for the business of the NBA and the average fan doesn't really care about the business of the NBA, and they probably shouldn't. It would be great for the business of the NBA for the Knicks to reach the finals. But if you were asking Adam Silver with truth serum, would he rather see the Lakers against the Knicks or the Lakers against the Celtics, he'd probably Celtics. say Lakers against Celtics. I know yeah, that I that's yeah. offensive, and I'm that. not yeah. insulting the Knicks fans, but I'm yeah. just telling you what I believe what the answer would be. I, I just looked at it differently, I guess, from my perspective. I just think the Lakers are going to drive that number regardless if they're good or bad. They're always going to be in the mix. Nothing really changes. Yeah, if you go on a title run, you're just following them longer. It becomes interesting. LeBron on the big stage, all that, I get it. I'm just saying you, you have this entire market, this massive market, yeah. that now you're injecting into the conversation that typically second half of the year you don't hear much out of, and the interest is, is pretty much died down. And now you could potentially carry this all the way through the rest of the season, you know, into April, into May, potentially, or late yeah. May. I just think for, that's better for the league right now to add that to the mix because we've lacked that from the New York Knicks, and they finally have a team that I think not only is just you know, creating a conversation because we're forcing mm -hmm. it, they're actually living up to it because of their style of play is something that people also really enjoy. Watching Jalen Brunson is developed into that guy that people are starting to wrap their arms around as being a legitimate superstar in this league. Yeah, they just have to stay healthy. And like when you talk about the market, Wendy, and I get it, we're, I'm biased like growing up here, but you've got – Connecticut, you've got Jersey, you've got the boroughs, you've got upstate New York. And part of the reason the franchise isn't what it's supposed to be as marquee is because they haven't won. We're talking, what was it, 99 or like 2000 since they were in a conference finals or a finals? 25, 26 years. It's the same thing I, I we had. I get the awesome. Wait, let me just say one thing. This was the same thing with the Super Bowl stuff. It was like, oh, Patrick Mahomes, they're going to become a dynasty. No, I wanted to see Lamar Jackson or Detroit. I wanted to see them in the mix, like some new blood. Let's give some other people a chance. So I'm just saying, like, I understand I think it internationally would be awesome to Lakers go are known. Right. 
Uh, in my time covering the NBA, which is 20-plus years, I've never seen a conference finals game at MSG. I think it would be awesome to go to a conference finals or finals game at MSG. I think the city would be alive. The question right here is which is better for the NBA, and I'm just giving you the honest answer of what the, the businessmen would say. Brought to you by the Capital One Venture X Card. Earn unlimited 2x miles in everything you buy and turn everyday purchases into extraordinary trips. Plus, receive premium travel benefits, like access to over 1,300 airport lounges and a $300 annual credit for bookings through Capital One Travel. Unlock a whole new world of travel with a Capital One Venture X card. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. Lounge access is subject to change. See CapitalOne.com for details. We played in an era where we were allowed to touch people up, hand-checking up the court. Somebody asked me this the other day, so I'm going to ask you. What would you average in the game today? I if you went for it. That's, ain't that too my own? Of my course, own. but you're, you're as a whole. Yeah, okay. Okay, if, 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 I, if, if, if I averaged 30, I lost the scoring title to Kobe the year he averaged 35. I averaged 33. Man. And I'm just thinking, like, if – if I was to play in this area where it's wide open, if I can average 33 in a season, I'm going to just take it up to 43. All right, that was AI on the big podcast with Shaq. Legs, what do you think? No, I don't think so. Look, I love AI, man. Nobody respects more what he did and what he accomplished at his size. Here's why. There's a couple reasons why he wouldn't get to that number. First of all, just we can't just start playing around with numbers like, you know, it's easy to get there. Uh, since Jordan's like two big years he had late 80s, it's been 35 years since then. Only two guys have even gotten to 35 in a year. Right, Kobe did it once, Harden did it once. Maybe Embiid could have done it potentially this year if he didn't get hurt. Um, so it's just a very difficult number just to get to 35, much less get to 40. And now you're talking to 43. That's, so that's the first reason. Secondly, the usage rate would not be allowed. You just wouldn't be allowed to do that because of the way that they view these players and what they're doing with them on an average night. The usage rate you'd have to have to get to 40-plus points per game, it just there's no way an organization would allow that to happen. And then finally, you need to incorporate the three-point shot to a greater degree. That wasn't really his strength. That's not what he wanted to do. He didn't take a lot of them, and he shot around 31% when he did take them. That would have to be a big part of your game to average those kind of numbers as a guard. That's not what the league looks like anymore, Wendy. That's not even what's considered a quality shot, a mid-range or a shot at the rim. Teams hunt three-point shots. That's what they do. So that didn't really necessarily jive with the way AI played, and I just don't think any team would have a guy out there. He averaged 41 minutes a game 11 times in his career for a season. Like, there's just no way. You're playing 35 minutes a night. You're not getting to that number. So I hear what he's saying. It sounds logical. The, the reality is that's just not going to happen. Before I get flamed by Iverson fans, I just want to say, of course, if AI was playing in his prime today, his game would be different, and, the de and he would take advantage of the defensive rules, although nobody got fouled in that era more than AI because he knew how to get fouled, and he might get to the line less. But before I say that, he obviously would not 100% be apples to apples. That said, if AI played today, he would be heavily criticized. He would be way more heavily criticized about his style of play than he was then because he was a low efficiency player. Now, at the time, the entire league was sort of more lower efficiency and the 76ers were built to have sort of four 
strong, defensive-minded guys who couldn't play offense around him and then give him the ball and let him go to work. It wasn't because it was a character flaw or anything like that. But if you go look at the way he played, he played a lot of minutes and just chucked a lot of shots. And if 41% of them went in, it was considered a good job. That would not fly in today's game. Uh, you look at Embiid. Embiid was averaging 35 points before he got hurt on 22 shots in, in 33 minutes. That's unbelievable. It's one of the greatest efficiency seasons of all time. The year that AI won the MVP, he averaged 26 shots for 31 points. Um, that shot just 41% from the field. I think actually 42% from the field. AI would not be afforded to have as much of a control of the offense in today's game if he didn't, if he wasn't a more efficient player. And I'm not saying he wouldn't be. Maybe he would be. But AI of AI thrived in that era. In this era, he wouldn't be able to do that. And as you said, legs. I don't think they'd give him the ball as much because if you only shot 42%, you wouldn't be allowed to take 26 shots a game. Yeah, absolutely. AI averaged one three-pointer made per game. Uh, from Philly to Philly, despite initial fears that Joel Embiid could be out for the remainder of the regular season, according to our Ramona Shelbourne, there's optimism in Philly that the reigning MVP might be ready to go just before the playoffs. Take a listen. There is an optimism in Philadelphia that Joel Embiid can return at some point during the regular season, at least close enough to the playoffs to get his rhythm heading into the playoffs. But they don't want to put any time frame on it until he starts ramping up. But I'm told he went to practice today, he got there early, he assumed everything was in the morning, but the team's not practicing until later in the day. So his enthusiasm is there. Hey, that's good. Ooh, interesting. All right, Wendy, if Embiid returns, how far can the Sixers team go? We'd have to see him. Um, this isn't really a surprise. He got uh, the type of surgery that he got, even though the Sixers have been very vague about this injury, and I don't think it's always been the best look for them or Embiid, but whatever. He had a portion. It, would, it appears like he had a portion of his meniscus removed. That would enable him to return. I think that was absolutely always on the table from the moment that they completed the surgery. Of course, he has to hit all kinds of steps between now and then and not have any setbacks. But the 76ers went out and added at the trade deadline with Buddy Heald specifically because they were planning on having Embiid back. When Embiid, if and when he comes back, if it's in late March or early April or whatever, and he comes back out there and he's looking like this, I think the Sixers have a chance to threaten everybody in the East. If he's operating a little slower and he can't get his minute load up and his efficiency goes down, then we're going to be focusing more on next season. But uh, actions over words, I'll say it until I'm blue in the face. The Sixers don't make that Buddy Heal deal, a guy who's a free agent, basically a rented player potentially, unless they believe Embiid comes back and unless they believe they can make a deep playoff run. I completely agree. And, and here's the thing. I'm suspicious of, you know, whether he makes it back, how much time are you talking here? Is it really going to be something the Sixers are going to want to do to throw him out there for two, three, four, five games and then enter the fray of the playoffs into a best of seven with that level of intensity? I don't know if they're going to go that route or not. I think they're going to kind of play this by ear. But let's just assume he does come back with enough games that it makes sense for the Sixers. I completely agree because there are question marks up and down the east outside of Boston. 
You know, you know, Cleveland, as good as they have been defensively in the run that they've gone on here over the last six weeks or so, I think a lot of people still look at them and say, is this really a team that you can see maybe making a run all the way to the finals? I don't know that people know that. The Knicks have a lot of questions. They've got a lot of injuries right now. You don't know what's going on with Julius Randle. They've just added new pieces, and they haven't really played together yet. So the Knicks have some question marks, and obviously the Bucks have a lot going on. So with all of that and that opening created – Embiid comes back, and here's the one thing the Sixers know. There's only one Joel Embiid. Like, he is the differentiating factor for them. They have him. So he comes in and immediately becomes maybe the toughest individual scoring matchup in the entire league. There's no real answer for Joel Embiid, the way he shoots the mid-range at his size. So right off the bat, you throw this force onto the court that nobody's got a great answer for, and you've added another piece in Buddy Heald that should fit great alongside of Embiid and Maxi, He's already played very well for them without Embiid. You add Embiid to the mix, the number of clean looks Buddy Heald gets. Um, and Tobias Harris has had a very good year. Sixers absolutely could make a serious threatening run in the East if they get Joel Embiid back. Also, he's going to be fresh. Those legs aren't going to have the normal grind of 82 games by that point. This break can actually do you some good. Steph Curry went through this a few years ago. He had a second half of the season injury, and he looked amazing when they got to the playoffs because his legs felt so energized. That's where Embiid would be. And, Molly, one thing I'm going to point out real quick. Yeah. I know that everybody thinks that they oh, it's title or bust for everybody. But remember, <laughs> the Sixers are now in position to have up to $60 million in salary cap space this summer. They are also auditioning for potential star players. If they look good in this, in this postseason and look like they've got a great future, it, even if they get knocked out before they want to, it could potentially lead to positive things down the road. That's a great point. Glad you brought that up. Hey, hey, I'm Molly Karam, and thanks so much for listening to the First Take Podcast. You can now stream the most MLB games on DirecTV without a satellite dish. Yes, catch the clutch hits, strikeouts, grand salamis, web gems with nothing on your roof. So whoever's up there, whether it's roofers, Santa, birds, old-time chimney sweepers, moody teenagers, thrill-seeking raccoons, you name it, they won't find a satellite dish, but you will find your MLB games on DirecTV. That means DirecTV is your home for baseball this season. Root, root, root with nothing on your roof. Yes, stream your team. Call 1-800-DIRECTV or visit directtv.com to sign up today. Claim based on the total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Thanks so much for listening to the First Take Pod. Have a fabulous day. The stories of the Chicago Bulls dynasty continue. Scottie Pippen, Horace Grant, and other members of the Bulls will be taking the No Bull Tour around Australia later this month as they share behind-the-scenes tales about Michael Jordan and the Bulls' six titles in eight years. This comes after the release of the Last Dance docuseries, of course, in 2020, which Scottie was knowingly not too thrilled with the way he was portrayed. Okay, Wendy. This is first take, but this is take two on this one. What is your thoughts on this tour? All right, first off, The Last Dance came out four years ago, and it's a tour. So I think that kind of illustrates what's actually going on here. But let me just say this. I would highly encourage any Australian fans to get a chance to go out to this to do that because I had the pleasure. And Molly, I mean it was a pleasure yeah. to work several seasons at this network with Scotty Pippen. And I sat in some green rooms with Scotty when he got going telling stories. And yes, about Michael Jordan and the Bulls, but don't just stop him there. 
Let him go into stories about the Portland Trailblazers and Houston Rockets. He has a Rudy Tomjanovich impression that I think that you should go after and let those things flow. Um, I, I can still remember being at the All-Star Game in 2000 and uh, I think it was 16 or 17 in L.A. when Scottie Pippen told Kevin Love to close the green, door to the green room and started saying some stuff. And I would hope that that would come out. So um, also Luke Longley, maybe he doesn't have as big of a rep reputation uh, here in the U.S., Luke Longley has given some wild quotes in his career as well. So uh, absolutely, if I could go to this tour, I would absolutely do it just to see what Scotty might say. And I say that out of love. I've loved working with yeah. Scotty Pippen. But as, as someone who grew up with those bulls and watched Scotty as a kid, I was fascinated. I'll just leave yeah. it at that. Okay, I think Australia's random, but yeah, go for it. Um, I want to get into something else really quick. This is fun. The Akron Rubber Ducks minor league baseball team. Oh, yeah. Here we go. Honoring our very own Akron native, Brian Windhorse, on September 14th with a bobblehead night. Wendy, this is major. You're going to have your own bobblehead. How excited are you and your son for this? Well, I'm going to tell you this, Molly. They have, they have, I have said yes to the bobblehead, even though I haven't seen it yet. Okay. They asked me to throw out the first pitch, but I okay. haven't given them an answer. And after Stephen A., I don't know. I don't know. First off, I don't have any Louboutin sneakers, but Wendy. I don't know what I'm going to do. I got to wait. And I'll take your Proper advice. footwear, train, <laughs> and I say go for it. You only live once. Bye, guys.